Thank you for taking the time to tune in and turn on Treasure Valley Podcast, a podcast recorded in the Treasure Valley of Idaho that covers a wide range of topics, including but not limited to the Treasure Valley. I'm your host, Chuck. This podcast is sponsored by your, yes, you, your New Year's resolution. You know that goal you've had hovering over you like a rain cloud since 2015? That thing you've been trying to change about yourself because you know if you could change that thing, you wouldn't get so many judgmental looks from your friends and family members because you do that unhealthy thing that you do so often. But it's really hard to break a habit, and with everything that happened in 2020, well, 2021 is going to be, for sure, the year you buckle down, show some discipline, and evaporate that gloomy mist over your head. That dark mushmallow of water vapor that you've actually got kind of used to because it's really comforting sometimes. A lot of the time, to be honest. It keeps you shaded from the sun, and even though you're often wet and sad because of it, at least it makes things predictable. That's the resolution sponsoring this podcast, but first, have you ever checked to see if you've misplaced your keys in the fridge? Anytime I'm searching for something, anything I've lost, I inevitably open the fridge when I've reached the kitchen. I know that there's no way my keys are in there, or my power drill, or my TV remote, or whatever, but the moment I set foot in the kitchen, I make my way to the fridge. I open it, I briefly check my hunger level, then I curse myself and refocus on the search at hand. At first, I thought this was some type of idiosyncrasy, but I know there are lots of you out there that can't help but open the refrigerator every time you enter the kitchen. It's a habit that has been rewarding to all first world citizens since the invention of home cooling. It can't be unique to me. For the sake of argument though, let's say this is a personal quirk. But to what do I blame my urge to check an icebox for inedible objects? I don't have pica. The best explanation I can come up with is neural pathways. I love to snack. I keep a variety of healthy and unhealthy snacks in my fridge that can be consumed within seconds of closing the door. Pre-sliced meats, cheese sticks, baby carrots, individually packaged yogurts and puddings, several jars of pickled things, and of course, chocolate, because I prefer my individually wrapped chocolates to be chilled. The food I eat rarely makes the stop to the microwave before arriving at my mouth. I snack a few times per day, let's say three, so that makes 1,100 times per year I repeat this pattern of entering the kitchen and opening the fridge to find different foods, but with always the same outcome. My urge to eat is satisfied. That's a lot of repetitions. That's a lot of snack practice. So I've gotten so good at it, once I feel the sensation of linoleum on my bare foot, I immediately head to the fridge. You see, the feeling of the cool linoleum is part of this complicated snacking neural pathway I've developed. Neural pathways are exceptionally helpful. Sure, you might be able to blame them for habits that are detrimental to your long-term health, but they do allow humans to accomplish a wide variety of extremely complicated tasks. If you've ever been impressed by Eddie Van Halen guitar solo or a Michelle Kwan triple axel, that's all made possible by neural pathways. When you're learning to do something, it takes focus. You need to make a conscious effort. In the human brain, the orbitofrontal cortex specifically is thought to be the area in charge of goal setting. This is part of the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for executive functioning and focus. This area of the brain can forge new neural pathways. The nice thing is that once a pathway is paved, the focus part is a lot less necessary. 
when Peyton Manning threw a football for the first few times, I'm sure his trajectories were all over the place. But fortunately, as he repeated the movements thousands upon thousands of times while aiming for a variety of moving targets, the lower functioning areas of his brain took over the job of coordinating his arm muscle movements. So when he had a partially open receiver in the end zone, he could throw a bullseye pass in a split second. Instead of worrying and calculating what he needed to do to hit a single target, he could instead use his focus to read the entire field. Sure, there are occasional misses or interceptions. Sometimes Eddie Van Halen would hit a sour note, and sometimes Michelle Kwan would take a digger. Just like I sometimes open my fridge when I'm looking for my cell phone. These things happen. But more often, the crowd ends up on their feet for these elite athletes, or in my case, I end up stuffing my face with something delicious. So there. I open my fridge when I've lost my keys because I've repeated the action so many times when I enter the kitchen that it has become automatic, subconscious, so to speak. You might now be asking, Chuck, what does this have to do with my New Year's resolution? Well, my habit of checking the fridge is simply a result of a hardened neural pathway in my brain. And I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts your resolution this year is about creating a new neural pathway of your own. You may want to stop smoking, stop drinking, or stop looking at your damn phone all the time. You may want to exercise more, eat healthier, or wake up earlier. You may want to learn a new useful skill like photography or a less useful one like juggling. Whatever it is, the point of the resolution is to get out of that neurological rut. Fortunately for you, I have the formula. Unfortunately, it takes a while. When a child is born, their brain has nearly the same number of neurons it will have in adulthood. By the age of two or three, a child actually has two to three times the number of neural connections an adult has. Their brain is a giant, messy, emotional web of neurons. But as they move around the world, certain networks of neurons fire together more often. These groups outlast the others. They become more efficient, and the other connections, or those roads less traveled, eventually become overgrown and disappear. They're unneeded. A cool example of this in infants is babbling. Babies make all sorts of noises, doing their best to repeat what they hear in their environment to get affection and attention from those around them. They usually start making noises at about six months of age, and through this trial and error process, they eventually narrow the sounds down to sounds in their native language and dialect, and then further into words at just one year of age. This language neural pathway takes only six months, but many, many repetitions to build. A healthy newborn is capable of speaking any language fluently without an accent, but sounds the baby makes that aren't reinforced by their surroundings are quickly forgotten, and that neural pathway disappears. And the neural pathway of the child's native tongue begins as a dirt trail and slowly evolves into a superhighway by the time she's a literate adult. Which brings me back to resolutions and goals in general. If this adult then wants to learn Mandarin this year, she'll be exiting the Audubon in her Ferrari to go hiking up a steep, rocky path in bare feet. It will feel slow, and it will be difficult. Making new pathways can be really arduous, so how do you approach these goals while maintaining hope? The best method I've figured out in my years of social work and teaching is adding a habit that is extremely easy to accomplish that can be increased incrementally. For example... In teaching, writing is one of the most difficult skills to teach, because not only are there a lot of rules to consider, but the daunting nature of putting pen to paper turns students off to the process before it even begins. 
Therefore, I start every day with a low-pressure writing exercise. I give a prompt if students need help or I let them write whatever is on their mind. I only ask that they write a three-sentence paragraph. Yes, I make my students work on the first day of school. There is never any exception to the morning writing exercise. As the year progresses, the three-sentence paragraphs slowly turn into full-page stories or diary entries completed in about 15 to 20 minutes. But more importantly, graded writing assignments transform from a stream of consciousness to a cogent five-paragraph essay. The habit of writing has been developed, and the aversion to writing has been overcome. Eventually, writing becomes automatic, and the kids' brains can focus on the entire work rather than what word comes next. Hopefully, you see how this trick can help you reach your goal, but let me lay it out for you specifically just in case. I would also like to note, even if you are heavily goal-oriented and have no issues with consistently knocking your resolutions out of the park, it's still important to have an incremental mindset. Eventually, goals will become more difficult as you get older because neural pathways take longer to develop as you age. If you need evidence, look at the study Long-Term Functional Outcomes and Their Predictors After Hemispherectomy in 115 Children. That's the title of the article. The study looks at the extreme intervention of disconnecting half of a child's brain to prevent severe seizures. A vast majority of children recover after six years. These kids are able to remap an entire human being of functioning to half of their brain. Compare that prognosis to your grandpa or dad after a severe stroke, which affects a much smaller portion than 50% of their noodle. Now, in regards to your resolution, the first thing I would do is stop focusing on the outcome. If you're trying to scale Mount Everest and all you do is look at the top, the journey can quickly become overwhelming. Let's compare climbing Mount Everest to losing 20 pounds. The record holder of the fastest summit of Mount Everest from its north base camp is Hans Kammerlander. And I would imagine with at least a couple years of prior training, he was able to summit Everest's 29,000 foot peak in 16 hours and 45 minutes. Now let's do the math on losing 20 pounds. First, you need a deficit of about 3,500 calories to lose a pound of fat. So you'd have to burn 70,000 more calories than you consume. If you're a 35-year-old 5-foot-10-inch dude that weighs a steady 200 pounds, you use about 2,500 calories per day. That means if you wanted to lose the weight as quickly as possible without taking your health and mental well-being into account, you would have to fast for about a month to drop to 180 pounds. Note, I'm not advocating anorexia. I'm just pointing out that even drastic positive change takes a lot of time. I would also like to point out that setbacks can happen much more suddenly while being even more drastic. Maybe you plan on working out an hour a day to trim the fat. What do you do when you sprain your ankle two weeks in and have to sit on your butt for another two weeks, possibly erasing the progress you just made? So if your goal is to lose 20 pounds in the year 2021, my suggestion for you would be to forget about the end point and just make one or two subtle changes in your daily routine that you know you will complete, but will also nudge you towards better health while giving you the reminder that you are improving. Instead of diving headfirst into the deep end with a subscription to a health food and workout package that takes an enormous amount of time and effort to complete on a daily basis, maybe you start by spending five minutes per day doing any activity that increases your heart rate to 180 beats per minute and replace just one of your daily sodas with a zero-calorie fizzy water. These two simple things will not get you to the goal of losing 20 pounds, but they will start strengthening a new neural pathway. And after a few weeks of these extremely easy tasks, the pattern of doing two minutes of jumping jacks, two minutes of high knees, and a minute of push-ups after work has been reinforced. It will become more automatic. Instead of always reaching for a cherry Coke when you're thirsty, the pathway of grabbing a LaCroix has started to develop. Once this is in place, it's a lot easier to slowly increase the intensity of the habit. If you're already doing five minutes of cardio, 
It's not hard to increase to six minutes. If your daily soda habit went from four sugary drinks per day down to three, and you've adapted to the lack of flavor and fizzy water, it's not hard to swap out just one more Coke for a bubbly lime. Eventually, after several months, you'll be at the point you wanted yourself to start at on January 1st, but the likelihood of you failing miserably has decreased. I would also like to point out that these subtle changes do make a difference over time. Cutting out 150-calorie soda per day results in 2,100 fewer calories after two weeks. Five minutes of cardio burns about 100 calories, so there's 1,400 additional calories burned after two weeks. Add them together, and that's your first pound of fat loss. If you fail at demolishing your unhealthy neural pathway or paving a new healthy one, it's likely because the first step towards change needs to be even easier. Maybe five minutes of exercise once or twice a week is all you can manage consistently at first. The point is, it takes trial and error to figure out the margin of change you can adapt to at first, but even if you make a tiny incremental adjustment, the feeling of well-being, or at least the feeling of better being, also increases. So this January, please don't drop hundreds of dollars on some new plan for change while you're feeling motivated, only to have the crushing feeling of failure overcome you two weeks later when your brain wins the battle to put you back on the easy street. Instead, keep to the road frequently traveled, but take that simple detour on the neural pathway thoroughfare until it becomes a smooth ride. Then continue to stretch that byway until you eventually end up with a newly paved road that gives you a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment. Oh yeah, I also forgot to mention that scientists are beginning to speculate that psychedelics help stimulate the construction of new neural pathways much more quickly. So, if you don't want to do all the things I just mentioned, I guess you could try taking a hit of acid or eating some mushrooms. I may go that route this year because the other option, well, that feels like a lot of work. Thank you for listening to Treasure Valley Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend or family member. Happy New Year.